0: plushcare.com slash weight loss careers and money part two we got you to the job you've been there a while you're happy you love life you love who you work with but how do you get a pay rise what's the best way to approach your boss g'day glenn james here how are you I'm just talking to myself. We've got a guest today, (laughs) Shell. Hi, Shell. Hi. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Now, we will get on to you, but broadly speaking, you're in HR and you've got a big team that you work with and people report to you. So, you've got a good understanding of the inner workings of a company and the culture and all that stuff. Yes. John wouldn't know anything about working for for an employee, would you?
2: Haven't been in it for years, Glenn, but welcome.
0: Thanks. Are you welcoming me or Shell? I'm
2: welcoming everyone here today.
0: To swing back around, last episode, it was about um, how do I get into the door? How do I get the new job? What's some chances to change careers or pivot or whatnot? But I thought, that's not for everybody. What if someone works somewhere Mm. and they love where they work? Mm. I mean, so we're going to cover a heap of questions that people sent in via Instagram. Shell's going to answer them. So without further delay, let's get into it. You ready, y'all? Ready. You're listening to My Millennial Money. Whether you're in a bank branch, your broker's office, or Hanoi, at My Millennial Money, we believe it's okay to walk away from a bad deal. We're going to just dive straight into it. That's right. Mitch on Instagram and everyone listening today, we're literally just going to shoot Shelley questions because we want to get through as much as possible. And they're your questions you've yeah. written in. We've had a look at them and tried to curate the most perfect podcast. Yes. Mitch has asked, what's the best way to go about getting a pay rise? Yes.
1: Yeah, so um, the th- first thing I would say to Mitch is that um, we really need to be prepared so uh, my preferred approach when having a conversation with an employee about pay is that they bring along some form of documentation to support the conversation so i think that my take is that that really helps because it represents that that employee has put in an initiative they've gone through they've thought about what they want to talk through and that they've um i guess yeah displayed the uh, energy that's needed around pay conversations so A good way, I think, to look at this is if I was starting a business and I was wanting to go to you, Glenn, as an investor and say, hey, Glenn, I'm really keen for you to invest in my business, I would bring along a business proposal with me. And I think in the same way when we're talking about pay conversations, we're really essentially asking our employer or our boss to invest in us. Mm. And so it's the same kind of approach. So bring along a proposal that outlines why they should invest more money in you.
0: And also sometimes to invest more in us because you might be paid more than the market, you might not know that they might know that.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's right.
0: Mm.
2: So you you're showing your hand with loyalty. Is it is it okay? I'm here for the long term. This is what I've got to deliver. I'm not here for for the next six months and I'm away. Is that a good pre frame to?
1: Yeah, I think it's really good to state your expect like that. You are intending to be there in the long mm. run. Um, I think sometimes the risk around these conversations is that the employer can, if they're going to invest more, they're going to want more from Mm, you. Yeah. So.
2: So Bradley has asked for some specifics around preparing. So what should Bradley cover in this document?
1: Yeah. So I think uh, for Bradley, it'd be keeping it simple. So I recommend just doing a one-page document. And I think there's a few things that we can try and capture on this document. So the first one I would look at is, Okay, Bradley, what have you achieved over the last 12 months that's helped improve the business performance? Um, we've talked about in, the, in some of our conversations around past performance is the best indicator of future mm. performance. So, having that kind of... Heard that somewhere? Well, yeah.
0: well, investing, <laughs> it's the other way.
2: <laughs> we can't guarantee this share price is going to keep going. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, so... Um, so, I the think- good
2: old J-curve, is it? The <laughs> yeah. Producer J-curve.
1: Yeah, right. So, I actually don't know. Can you just unpack that? The oh, J-
2: look, the J-curve essentially means, well, we're bottomed out and we're on the way up. Oh, now. okay, yeah. So, if I, you
1: I like to call, bottom Yeah, I like to call it a hockey
2: stick. But, uh, <laughs> a hockey stick. A hockey
1: stick, okay. Yeah,
2: being the athlete.
1: If you'd exactly. said hockey stick, I would have known. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, first thing, what have you achieved in the last 12 months? Second thing on your document is... What do you plan to achieve this year that's beyond, it's beyond baseline of the role. So, what are the, um, I guess, KPIs you're going to exceed, uh, it could be uh, how you're driving customer satisfaction um, and so on. So, then after that, the third thing I would do is make sure you're con- connecting those things to the business strategy. So, sometimes when we're having conversations about um, a pay rise, we we kind of fail to forget that The ultimate goal for a business is to achieve their strategic objectives so if we align what we're asking for with that business strategy we're going to have more chance of success when it comes to talking about pay because the employer wants to hear that we understand the needs of the business and that we want to deliver on those
2: yeah yeah and just i suppose a side note to that with the bigger companies that are that are on the stock exchange etc it's a it's a juggling act, I suppose, for them between uh, appealing to the the shareholders versus appealing to their employees. Yeah, because usually they've got to take one from the other.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's it can be really hard as well. Like if you're in a government job, like good luck getting a pay rise. Mm. Maybe I, mm. I don't know, but I, I will say as well as a um, you know, Shell talked about the strategic objectives, and that's real. Uh, in a lot of organizations, but if you're an employee and you in, you work for a one-man show, if you're an employee and you work for a small business and there might be one senior guy or gal who works in the business and you're the second person, you know, the strategic objectives for that small business owner is to make money.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Are you right.
0: helping them make money? And, Shel, would you maybe agree with me that... Maybe before you go in, somehow do a self check like actually hang on, have I actually added value? Is this ridiculous like don't get caught up in your own world so much that you think the world owes you i 'm not
2: sure just because you 've got to pay for your kids' education or something <laughs> yeah. yeah so
1: so you t- well, I think on that um, one of the one of the risks or hazards is that when you, when you go to ask your boss for a pay rise that you come across like you're putting your own financial position above the financial position of the business. And that's a huge um, risk because no manager or employer wants to kind of hear that an employee is more concerned with their own financial position than with fulfilling their job because that's actually what you pay to do, to mm-hmm. do your job. So I think you were telling me, Glenn, the other time that, uh, that we kind of connected around – there was a, someone who um, contacted you to let you know that they'd worked really hard for a period of time and then didn't even need to ask for a pay rise. Oh,
0: yeah. Do you want me to get that and read it? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because
0: um, that was actually really cool. Um, yeah. So, when we were prepping for this interview, I was telling Shell, like, on that day, I got a Facebook message from a girl called Sophie. Hey, Glenn. I'm a late joiner, but I'm dead set loving your podcast. Yeah, it's John's kind of as well, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I recently listened to how to get a raise and started working extra hours and letting my boss know that I wanted to take on more. I was about a week out from having a sit-down chat when he just gave me a raise out of the blue because he said I'd been working hard and that I'd earned it. Thank you so much for all the tips and giving me the confidence just to do it. See, that right there is amazing, isn't it? Mm. Like just had the decision that I want to add some value, yeah. I want to step up, and the money should take care of itself. That's right.
2: Yeah, and it, the big word there is should, shouldn't it? Like you, you can add a whole heap of value in the workforce and, and see no reward for it, and, mm. and it really depends on who's at the top, right? That's Would you right. see a yeah. lot of that? So, um,
1: Oh, yeah, I think that's a, a really good point in terms of, Our our goal would be, that's the best case scenario, the best way to ask for a pay rise is not have to ask. Yeah, (laughs) and and that's it. Like
0: the best preparedness that Sophie could have done was just work hard and add value. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So just swinging back around, like preparation is so important. What else helps when we need it? Well, when we want to ask for a pay rise.
1: Yeah, so I think um, once you've done your document, you've got that really well prepared. The next thing I would say is... um, that influences the success of this conversation would be uh, your confidence. So, I've seen people do this in, in lots of different ways. I think it's important to articulate that confidence is not this, not arrogance. And so... Yeah,
0: that's a big one, isn't it? Mm. Because I've been accused of being arrogant before. Well, no, I am. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just bluntly, I am. Yeah. Yeah. But at
2: least
1: you're self-aware.
0: At least I'm confident in my arrogance. <laughs>
2: I think it, that's a bit more of, about social awareness, isn't it? Like yeah. you, you can be very confident in your own self, but when you're around people, you, I suppose you've got to manage that based on the social that's realms. right.
1: and I think um, I think confidence is just being aware of the value that you add and being able to articulate that well. So still articulating in a way that's respectful and like aligns with the culture of the workplace you're in, but being able to say, hey, this is um, I do think that I drive value and I do think that I'm deserving of a pay rise because um, without that confidence, it can really backfire in these conversations um, that we're having around pay. So
0: So just a question on confidence. Maybe one strategy is that you categorically know you are worth 20 grand more or 10 grand more or 5% more or whatever it is more in the real world marketplace. And that might be, you've been headhunted or you've talked to other people in similar positions or you just know that it is time that I'm paid more, I would say, number one, if you are looking for other work, the best thing to do is just talk to your people first in a non-threatening, shakedown way. It's like, Mm. hey, just... And it might not even be a pay-rise discussion. Hey, it might be like, hey, been hearing stuff out there. I don't know. I really like working here. Can Mm. we just have a real talk about my future here because... You know, the grass isn't always greener. No. Yeah. So, no. I, I don't know. Like, I always say communication is the problem and the solution. And when I employ people, the last thing I would want would be to be surprised if they came and just, there's yeah. my resignation, see you later. Like, mm. it shouldn't have got to that. Yeah. And I always like to think, well, if it is time, let's chat about it and I'll mm. help you transition out, which I did with one yeah. of the employees.
2: Uh, but I suppose in a bigger organisation... It's a bit more clinical. It might get watered down a bit more, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. Unless yeah. you have constant reviews. Actually,
0: just on that, like if you're in a, a an organisation and there's a lot of corporate hierarchy and the manager that you report to maybe has no say on salary or say on anything, how how do you work with that dynamic shell?
1: Yeah, I think it's finding the channels uh, that are right within that context. So, there may be, okay, well, my manager may not have the decision-making authority on pay but their, their manager might and so how do I get a conversation say with my immediate manager and the one up and both and both together yep. and also how do I is it that I talk to HR because some people some organisations centralise sure. their remuneration yep. and so maybe it's talking with that HR person and I guess now.
0: that's a lot to do with that social and corporate awareness that yeah. mm. this is the way it works yeah. but also like don't be a little brat to your manager because they're talking about you to their people, yeah. That's like right. it's simple as that.
2: Yeah. So just on confidence, Shell, you've got a, a story about the time you asked for a pay rise. Can you tell us what happened there, please? <laughs> yes,
1: I do. <laughs> so, um, I I guess the first in my first real job out of school, um, it, it was the first time I've ever asked for a pay rise, and so um we were in this i was in a full-time job in an office and uh one of the team members left and so when she finished they decided the managing director decided that um i would take on kind of her role it was an awesome career opportunity but it did mean that i was absorbing her full-time job into my full-time job uh so i was, I was thinking at the time okay well um i'll take this on for an interim period there was no um conversation about pay so there was no pay change initially and so I went in and I, about three months in, I started to realise how difficult it was and how hard it was. And I thought, okay, I'm going to um, get a bit gutsy and talk to the managing director. And at that, like you said, Glenn, at that point in time, my actual immediate manager wasn't the person responsible for pay. So I had to go to the uh, managing director. And for me, that one-up level was a bit scary um, and so, had
2: the manager and director seen the work that you've been doing, the workload and the extra responsibility?
1: I think they were aware, but I don't think they were like acutely aware of, yeah. you know, how much work was involved with doing the dual yeah. full-time roles. So, anyway, I, I decided, okay, I'm going to book this meeting in with him and booked it in. And the day before, I was kind of thinking it all through, I briefly, briefly prepared. Uh, didn't put together any documentation, but on the day, I was so nervous. Like, I... I I think, like, just before the meeting, I would have been, like, actually sweating and just... Yeah.
0: Amazon palms, <laughs> <I was>
1: so- <laughs> tropical
0: rainforest hands.
1: <laughs> so nervous. And so, I was, um, yeah, preparing for... Uh, Waited to go in. He let me into his office. It was, all, it was kind of a formal um, environment. And when he was sitting down, I didn't even think I sat down. I was so <laughs> awkward. I just think I stood there. So, and-
0: all your awareness left the building.
1: <laughs> That's right. And yeah. like office etiquette, obviously, I hadn't learned that yet. Um, yeah. And so, just basically asked him, um, hey, I've been doing this job. I've taken on the role of this person as well as doing my own full-time job and I haven't had a pay rise And So, um, would it possibly be possible in these- this awkward, like super reluctant and apologetic way that you might maybe consider me for a pay rise. Anyway, I, he just looks like pretty like deadpan for a while and I'm awkwardly standing there like... It would have been like the funniest body language and weirdness. Um, and then he just basically just went, no. Oh,
2: <laughs> and, nothing else.
1: And, and just like, look, you've only been doing it for three months and you're not ready for a pay rise and I haven't seen the value. So
2: Jeez.
1: And it was pretty... I mean, for me, that was such a good learning curve. Mm. I look back now and think, oh my goodness, what was I doing? Like, didn't prepare, didn't. I'm uh, meeting with the managing director. I should have put together some form of yeah. document Business case. evidence. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just went in and expected that he would know that I was doing more work and that, and was so unconfident in my request that.
0: And so, did you book a meeting with him or ambush?
1: I booked. So, it was booked in, but I didn't have any, like, I didn't prep him to say, hey, here's what I want to talk through. I want to talk about a pay rise. I want to talk this, this and this, Mm. which is, um, you know, rookie error because Mm. no one wants to have those conversations without knowing. So, he wouldn't have known what I was even there for, just that I'd wanted to book this meeting.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, how, (laughs) like, how would someone go in confident and not be you? (laughs)
1: Yeah, not be me. So, lesson learned, don't be me. Yeah. Well, you booked
2: the meeting. You
0: did that, right? Yeah,
1: I booked the meeting. So, I think looking back on that situation, um, my general sense is confidence transfers. So, if I went walked into that conversation confidently, I suspect my managing director would have gotten that vibe and picked up on it. Um, And so, for people who want to have these conversations, I think confidence is available to anyone. I don't think it's just for the super charismatic I think it's anyone can be and can develop confidence. But the key thing I would be saying is practice, 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 practice.
2: What's your
0: view on taking these meetings off-site out of the office if it can be arranged or if a bit it permits? walk and talk. Yeah, or just like, hey, can we grab a coffee type thing?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean...
0: Neutral territory.
1: Yeah, and, and a bit less formal. I think that was mm. the vibe when I was walking into... Uh, My director's office, it felt very formal. And um, I think when you go to a cafe, you sit down over a coffee, some of these tougher conversations that can feel a bit like taboo can be a lot easier Mm. in a more chilled environment. Mm -hmm.
2: So, Katie has asked, how do you arrange a meeting about pay and who should you ask to meet with, your manager or HR?
1: Yeah, so um, thanks, Katie. Good question. I think the first thing is to talk to your manager. I would say, If your manager feels like you've gone and say talk to HR first, they'll feel bypassed, and Mm. that won't help or aid the conversation.
0: And no, on no human level, does somebody want to be blindsided or bypassed.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like
0: it's as simple as that. You've you've got actually, everyone read the book How to Win Friends and Influence People. Like it's Mm. a million years old, but you've got to actually just show honor, show respect, even if you don't like the person. You've got to show honor and respect to their position yeah. Yes, and the system.
1: Yeah. that's. I think that's a really good way to put it. Of if, yeah. If you're co- if you're conscious that, okay, this person may not, um, we might not get along heaps so well, there is that responsibility for the position. I love how you've just put that. And I think the simple thing for Katie is just ask. Yeah. So, first mm-hmm. up, I would verbally ask. So, I would just verbally mention, said, so Glenn, if I was working for you, I'd come up and say, hey, Glenn, yeah. I'd love to have a conversation with you about my role. And I'd love to talk to to you about pay. Are you able to meet? um, Do you have time next week? I'll book in a meeting. I'll send you some uh, documentation. And I just really love your perspective on it.
0: Yeah. So, so one thing I love that you've touched on there, you've actually, you've dropped the grenade. Yeah. But you've kicked the grenade down the road a week. Mm. So, it's like, hey, I want to do this. Not urgent. Yes. Can we do it next week sometime? I know in some small businesses you might have the discussion three months goes by and nothing happens.
1: Mm.
0: I think you do need to set a time, but don't, again, kick down the door, you know, surprise them. It's not bloody George Bush invading Iraq again. The key part there (laughs) is... Am I allowed to say that?
2: You're talking, you're mentioning to them that pay will form part of the discussion. Yeah, that's right. You're not hiding from that.
1: Yeah, and I think Mm. it's good to... That way, that even if you're booking... Um, that calendar invite for the following week, it is just good to verbally reference it. I lo- yeah. and, and that you're giving the space and time and you're going to give them the- on their terms as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And they might say, well, look, no, next week doesn't work, but happy to do it the week after. And I think it is good up front to agree on actions as well for follow up. So you might do the verbal verbal conversation. Glenn, I want to meet. I'm going to book something in. Send you the document then you have. So,
0: would you say send them the document one or two days before the meeting?
1: Yeah, so they can review it. Not on it. that
0: morning? Yeah. Because they might, might be. need to talk to their um, the CFO. CFO yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Is there anything you need from me, et cetera? Yeah, that's mm. right.
1: And, and I mean, it, it does depend on your context. You might just um, show up with it on the day. But I think the more information you can give up front, the better your manager's going to feel and you won't blindside them, like you were saying, Glenn.
0: Here's a tip from Unky Glenn over here. You're <laughs> listening to this. So. Walk in, sit down, it's about pay, right? And be like, Hi, hi Shell. Just thanks for taking the time to meet with me today. Look, I just want to have a chat to you about a pay decrease. <laughs> 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 and just be like, no joking. No joking. I want to yeah. work for less. Yeah. yeah. Have you yeah. Ever been asked that before? Like will break the ice. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding, 12%. K okay, bye.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's one way to
0: do it. I would do it that way. But you've got to play to your personality. And, yeah. you know, if they've got a rod up their backside, maybe not.
2: Maybe not. Can I say that? And I think I that's where that confidence comes in, doesn't it? Like, you, you know, you've got to understand the personality of the person that you're mm. walking into. Yeah. And another
0: question, like, if you've been at a, a place for... If you're new to a place probably can't be having these conversations within the first 12 months yeah unless it's been agreed we will review yeah. after six months yeah i think 12 whatever.
1: months is 12 months is generally the norm for when you would start having a conversation I, you wouldn't have it yeah if you've been there six months unless mm.
0: it's a sales role and you yeah that's not right. a commission you're absolutely slaughtering it mm. and it's yeah yeah okay i've got a question well actually becky has one what up becky She's in the NPF sector, the non-for-profit sector. It's hard to ask for a pay rise when there isn't a lot of dosh laying around. I said dosh, she said dollar signs. How do you ask for a pay rise in the non-for-profit sector?
1: Yes, and I'm, I'm really glad Becky's asked this because this is um, the space I've worked in for a while. And so, I think it is important to know your context, know the culture that your organisation has around remuneration in a not-for-profit organisation, pay is not the driving force of why people come to work at those organisations. It's generally the cause and the mission of the organisation. So, uh,
2: without sounding, um, I suppose, naive, do do corporations like that take advantage of that fact?
1: Well, I guess that's the um, risk is Mm. that, yeah, okay, organisations in that context may overemphasise cause at the expense of, effectively rewarding and recognising yeah. their talent through pay? I think that's a really good question. And one of the things that I would say for Becky is just as much as the private sector, the not-for-profit sector needs to be having conversations about pay mm. just as often, yeah. they may just look slightly different. So, mm. instead of going in, we need to talk about it just as much, but it may be that instead of going in for, a, say, a 10% pay increase, you're looking more around your 3 to 5% because, Possibly funds are tighter, um, that um it does it maybe that culture is different. But I do still think that definitely Becky needs to do use the same approach, have the mm. conversation, get prepared, but but still be confident that you you can talk about pay in a not- for-profit context.
0: without feeling threatened or taboo because it is a not- for- profit. Yeah, I mean, at what point, like are we saying, well, there's clearly no money here. I'm taking friday off please every second week like at what point do you start horse trading
1: yeah like looking at do you mean looking at benefits instead for sure and that's one big advantage that i would say that you can talk through in terms of in a not-for-profit context um if becky is hearing from her manager that okay well there isn't extra funds for xyz um i'd be starting to have a conversation around what about my professional development can you be investing in training in courses in my Um, uni course, um, or also can I have a flexible work arrangement where I finish, I work a full day week as a compressed work week and have every Friday off.
2: So not all about the dollars? Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, okay, interesting.
0: The other thing to
1: note, I'll just say on not-for-profit is that generally not-for-profits have fringe benefits arrangements and so it's good to be aware of actually how that impacts your salary in comparison to the private sector because that can mean um, your salary could look Uh, your actually take-home pay looks very different and it is a huge benefit. So it's just being conscious of some of those other wins that are happening. Yeah, so Mm.
0: a loose example for those not in that sector, you might be paid based on the market of 90K, but you receive $60,000 as a salary and maybe $15,000, I'm making this up, as a fringe benefit, which you can use for mortgage, mortgage, any of your expenses. Mm. But because they're a non-for-profit, the organisation doesn't get taxed on the fringe benefits. Yeah. So, you know, you you get that that 15K, you gross that up, it could look like you're on a 90K package. And that goes back to that social awareness and corporate awareness that, hey, you're actually on a pretty good thing here. That's right. So, it's just to be aware.
1: And I think to educate yourself around your own pay and what the market's paying externally, um, I think sometimes we assume, and I, I, I get a lot of that vibe when we're having conversations about pay that the employees made a lot of assumptions that are actually just incorrect. Yeah. But make sure mm. you do your research because if you go in asking for way more than what's um, in the marketplace, that's going to throw your employer off. And, mm. and
0: Yeah, and be very clear. Like if there's a, a position advertised at 80K, just be und- be very aware: is it eighty k plus super? Is it eighty k package? Yes, because you, you might get tri- you might get tripped up there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. And, and just on that, these um, it's now becoming harder and harder for employers to skip paying people super because it's got to go through an ATO clearinghouse now. So the ATO are really cracking onto that, and they're also cracking onto uh, general pay. And there's a thing called one touch payroll where, loosely speaking, the ATO sees all payments.
1: Yeah. Mm. Which is so good. It's it's such an important part of your salary and your total remuneration. Absolutely, yeah. It's awesome to see that happening.
2: So, Jessica has asked a great question. How much should you ask for compared to what you're actually currently on? Mm,
1: This is, I reckon this is one of the toughest questions. So, thanks so much, Jessica, for asking. I think, um, as we mentioned, First thing to do is check the market. So, PayScale is a really good website. I don't know if you've seen it that just gives you an indicator um, as to... I'm opening
0: it right now. Okay.
1: Get, are you going to check how much you should be paid? <laughs> how much... Anyway. So, um, yeah, PayScale, jump on, have a look. And like you said, keep in mind super. And um, that may mean that roles are paid looking like they're 10% high, but they're actually not. Yeah. So, that will just give you a reference point. So, if you're currently paid in your job 55K... And externally, it's paid 60, 60K. Um, you've then got that ballpark figure of what you need to and what you could possibly request if yeah. you go into that pay conversation.
0: Yeah, so I'm on payscale.com and then I've got Australia as the country and it's got popular jobs, graphic designer, medium, salary, 51K. Uh, that would have to be excluding super. Operational Operations manager, 82K.
2: What's it say for podcast host? Probably
0: zero. <laughs> zero. cost costs me to do this thing.
1: Um,
0: office administrator. Um, the median is $23 an hour uh, up to about $30 an hour. Oh, this is really cool. It is. Mm.
1: And it just gives you that... Uh, Good reference point and you can do it based on location so you can get a read of if you're in Sydney. What does that look like compared to regional?
0: No results found for Podcaster. Nothing. (laughs) Damn. I'm just going to do five.
1: You might be able to submit one. Yeah. It's a good idea. Nothing.
2: (laughs) Here we we go.
0: Financial advisor, average salary for a financial advisor in Australia, 71K.
1: And so, I think sometimes this is helpful because it's a bit of a reality check because Mm. I think natural thing when you've been doing a job for a while you start to get used to the salary and then you start to assume that you're underpaid I don't know if that's something in the human like, yeah in that's human right behavior.
2: you always hear something the grass is always greener yeah. sort of thing but and it, then, does, does it come back to like you may see or be offered a, a job that's 10k or 15k more uh, attractive to get you in the door, but the conditions are far less yes. uh, appealing to you. I mean, you don't even find that out when you jump ship.
1: That's right. Or the work hours are like far higher and those kinds mm. of things that, um, it is more than money, what we go to work for it's, um but-
0: Fulfillment as well. Mm. That's right. Massive fulfillment,
1: That's right. Yeah. So I think we're looking at, it just gives you that reference point when you check the market. The other thing I would recommend is just have a look at what's happening economically. So, John talked to us about how CPI is sitting at around 1.5 and I think that means that, okay, well, external... That was inflation. Yeah. 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 And so, if we're looking at um, what is happening economically and then what are we seeing from Fair Work? So, Fair Work this year did a 3% minimum wage rise and so that gives us an indicator of, all right, ballpark, I'm probably looking around... Um, somewhere between, and I would do it by percentage if I was going to do submit an increase. I wouldn't do it by dollar figure. So, yeah. I would say somewhere between 3 and 8% ballpark is where you should uh, put your... For
0: run-of-the-mill pay rise. That's right. Yep. That's
1: right. And I think that is based on what's happening at the moment. We're seeing really low wage growth externally. So, I would be encouraging mm. people to land somewhere in there. I think that's reasonable. And then... um i just yeah and so i yeah do it by percentage not by dollar
0: yeah sweet karen asked how can you negotiate a salary how can you can't even speak karen has asked how can we negotiate salary when moving internally that's an interesting one that one
1: yeah it's it doesn't it's funny it doesn't actually happen that often i don't think people engage engage in that negotiation or well i haven't seen it happen uh very often in my environment and i think for um, Karen, I'd be saying, ask early in the interview stage for the salary range. Sometimes we think that if we ask about the salary in an interview process, they're going to get weird. Mm. Like, oh, they're just in it for the money. Well, you, you're doing a job, you yeah, get paid for it. I'm not here for free. <laughs> That's right, so ask early about what the salary range is and then communicate your expectations around pay. So for Karen, I'd be saying, okay, I'm hearing you the salary range is this, my expectations were this, what does that mean? Does that mean that, like, could we consider that salary that I'm, I'm putting forward or, um, yeah, what are you thinking? What's your perspective?
2: Do you see, Shelly, that it it may depend on who's got the upper hand, i.e. I want you to come and do this role for us within the company versus putting your hand up to come and do a role similar to that?
1: Yeah, and I think that's, that's such a good question because if it's a direct appointment, you prob- probably feel that power dynamic more mm. than if it's an interview process and you've got a little bit of um, option to discuss it. I do think my vibe from seeing internals go through these kinds of processes is they often um, they have more opportunity to discuss these things than they realise and, mm. and that they ex- they don't actually exercise that enough. Well,
0: it's cheaper in business, it's cheaper to keep a client than get a new client generally yeah. speaking and i'd imagine if you're an employer it's yeah. cheaper to keep an employee because you don't have to retrain nice. that's then right. recruit and use all those resources to get new talent
1: yeah mm. and i think it goes back to what types of conversations do we want to be having at work because from my end as a hr person i would love when staff are honest and authentic and open and so if an internal came to me and said in a respectful way that of, of look, this is the salary I was kind of hoping for. I see this, this, and this as being a challenge with the role and I feel like I'd be expecting this to be remunerated in this way. That's a good conversation to be having. Mm. It's real, it's honest, it's upfront. And those are the kinds of discussions I think. Um, and I think Karen is capable, obviously capable and able to have that in her context, but you need to kind of be confident and gutsy. Yeah. Mm.
0: And just on getting a new position, there was a question and I, can't find it now but somebody asked they, they've got an annual leave booked and they want to get a new job absolutely when you get the new job tell them up front hey i've got this time booked in we need to work around this or whatever don't accept the job and then the day no. after you get the job say no. oh can i go away so yeah. again the power is in your hand before the appointment and i guess sometimes in the corporate roles where there's you know huge hierarchy sometimes it's easier for people to get more money simply by going elsewhere because they're perceived better or whatever from not within. I don't know. That's I fumbled around saying yeah. it. But you've seen a million people ask for a pay rise. What should people avoid when asking their boss for a pay increase?
1: Yes. Um, so there's a fair few things I've seen them done well and seen them uh, done poorly, and I think one of the common themes where they uh, where I pay. Rice conversation doesn't go well is when there's a vibe or a sense of entitlement on part of the employee. And so I think that's a really good thing to look out for. If you um, are approaching these kinds of conversations, I would just say, I think you were talking about before doing a sense check, Glenn. I think the common theme where um, these conversations don't go well is where there's a vibe or sense of entitlement on part of the employee. And so that can come out in a number of ways. It can come out in the tone. So It can also come out in the behavioural attitudes. Um, Some of the underlying thought patterns around entitlement are they owe me or I have a right to an increase. And my general sense is no one has a right to a pay increase unless you're on an award or an enterprise agreement. So most people, um, most employers don't have to give you a pay rise. And so if you've got any sense of they owe me in the conversation, that's not going to bode well for um, how your manager or boss sees Mm. this conversation and
0: this is really weird but i know the best way to get a pay rise some of you have already done it but the best way is to get an automated spending plan and freaking control your money at home (laughs) before you worry about (laughs) going getting more to bring home you can't control so
2: absolutely i have coached.
0: i can't tell you how many people that live week to week can't get ahead Mm. just set them up on an automated spending plan so good the amount of money that they're can actually save once it got a freaking system in place.
1: I think that was one of the first things you said to me when we caught up about my cash flow coaching. Yeah. It was, uh, you can get a pay rise, just get better at managing your money. Absolutely. You so yeah. you were
2: the example.
0: Here. Yeah, basically, basically. Yeah, it was a yeah.
1: weird case study, but look, it worked out It worked out relatively well.
0: Are you sick of living week to week or perhaps not having any money saved or even stressing out when Regger comes around? It might feel that your life just goes round and round and round because your money's going around and round and round. I've got a solution. We can change your life within a matter of weeks. It's the Glenn James Spending Plan. The people who have completed this course have paid off credit card debt, have money saved, feel more free than ever before. And this will happen within the first couple of pay cycles. So follow the link in the show notes wherever you listen to this podcast, use the promo code and change your life like hundreds of My Millennial Money listeners have done so already, I look forward to seeing you in the course and helping you really sort your money out. Hey, just a reminder, we run two other podcasts, My Millennial Money Property. It's about property, that's all. And if you're under 23 years old, Gen Z Money, it's for you. Check them out now wherever you're listening to this podcast.
2: So what I'm hearing is be authentic, have a good work ethic, be nice to people around the workplace, um, be genuine. I mean, if, you, if you've been an ass and then all of a sudden on the day you want to pay rise, you, you're really nice. They'll see straight through you. Absolutely. So I mean, it's uh, being a team player and all those things. It's not, it's, it doesn't seem to be rocket science.
0: So, John... In the corporate world and the client value proposition world and all that stuff, Mm. there's a thing called the elevator pitch. So, if you jumped in an elevator with somebody, you've got 15 seconds before it hits the ground. So, imagine yourself, you've got this new business, you see an investor, you both hop into the lift. So, you say hi, they say hi. You've got 15 seconds Mm. to pitch them about your business. So, Shell, what's your elevator pitch to those listening? (laughs) That they could poach for a pay rise
1: okay all right well i'm going to pitch to you glenn as my potential employer about a pay rise my elevator pitch in 15 seconds would be hey i'm glad i've caught you because i'd love to talk to you about my role and about the possibility of being considered for a pay rise as you know i've been working with you for 18 months i love working alongside you and i love helping uh, you to achieve the business goals And so I've been thinking about some of the value that I drive in my role and wanted to kind of talk that through further. Do you have any time next week where we could possibly sit down and have a bit of a conversation because I'd love to hear your perspective?
2: Ding, ding.
0: Ding, ding. Oh, ground floor. Yeah, sweet. Next Thursday, let's chat about it. Amazing. Now, can that
2: be an email?
1: I would... What would you prefer? I would much prefer a conversation. Yeah, would you? And that
2: would be a majority, you think?
1: I don't know. That's just my Mm. preference. If it was one of my team members... And um, shout out if yeah. they listen. If it was one of my team members, I, I would please ask me verbally yeah. Yeah. first.
0: Because at the end of the day, it's just you're all workers. It's mm. not as if, you know, it's all good. Like, yeah. Can I practice on John? Go like, for it. He, I'm yeah. standing up. Are you going to stand up? So, no, 30 John. 30 seconds.
1: Okay. <laughs> 30 seconds. It's a long <laughs> elevator ride. Right. Yeah.
0: John's got to go. But Okay.
2: When we're in one of Glenn's hotels, he's at the top floor usually, so he's got a bit more time to
0: pitch. I've (laughs) changed. I hate the top floors now in hotels, Mm. because when you get out in the morning, it's the bloody all stops to the bottom. Yeah. Annoying. Mm. It's so annoying. Mm. We just want to get out of Happened in Brisbane, didn't it? Yeah. Hey, John. How are you,
2: mate? Good, Glenn. How are
0: you? Oh, mate, I have been better, um, if I'm honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Look, you know I've been working with you. For, uh, for three years now
2: yes it's been a long time gone, gone quick though
0: oh, for some for some <laughs> <laughs> mate question can we catch up maybe next week next fortnight or so mm. just want to have a bit of chat to you about my pay and how I can work in your business going forward because I love it here mm. as you know yeah sure uh, but just want to get focused for the next
2: couple of years in my life yeah okay so you want to build a pool or
1: <laughs> what is <laughs> build a-, a plunge pool
2: why? <laughs> you need more money for your pool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now we can catch up around that. What the hell's going on?
0: <laughs> All right. We've got to go. Thanks for listening, guys. Shell, thanks so thanks much for having us. Thanks for great. having
1: me for nice. the first time thanks ever. Thanks for our right.
0: Okay. <laughs> bye Bye. See ya. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you in fact it's a general advice podcast but if you do want somebody to talk to jump onto sortmoneyout.com and click on get help and i'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a skype or a zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances
1: my millennial money supports a21 a21 is a non-profit organisation that exists to abolish slavery everywhere. These guys rescue real people from human trafficking across the world. If you want to learn more about how you can contribute to the fight against human trafficking, check out a21.org forward slash a. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group.
0: If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to my Millennial Money Express.
3: It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product's a statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of the issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy, nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James,
0: Urban Getter Project Limited, trading and sort your money out, are authorized representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL
2: 230689.
0: Now, <laughs> one you. thing you might not have known, John. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear that?
1: Yeah. Can you do your clap?
0: <laughs> nah, I'll just do it. Now, John. Glenn. Real talk. Yeah. One thing you do not know, Shelley, Laura's sister.
2: Go away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, I'm out of here. So, so Laura, um, thanks for your service, and you've been upgraded. So, I <laughs> like I'm glad
1: to think that I'm the upgrade. Yeah, mm. definitely
0: similar you,
2: voice. Now that now that yeah, think
0: of it, I, yeah. I think Shell seems more professional.
1: That's right. Yeah, so. I'd like to say I put that on my resume. I'm more professional than my younger sister. Yeah, looks killer
0: yeah. in an 80s power suit. All that stuff.
1: <laughs> 80s power suit. I do like to channel the 80s. So, <laughs> There yeah.
0: you go. Good times. The 80s. Now, John Point of nine. <laughs> For, for John and all the listeners at home, remember we did that episode about FOMO. Mm. And I basically did that because I had FOMO with an an event in America yes, that I did. was going to go to. And I wanted to go, but I couldn't end up going and because I was actually going to stay for Laura's wedding. So, I didn't end up buying the ticket. And then my other friends the guys glee coffee roasters who we support or they support us or whatever you can um, you can go to gleecoffee.com.au forward slash m3 I think. No. Hang on, I'll do that again. You can go to gleecoffee.com.au and put M3 in the checkout and you'll get some discount off their coffee. Anyway, Ben, one of the directors, one of the Glee brothers, was judging a coffee championship in Nashville later this year. So I thought, oh,
2: Can see where this is going. I (laughs) I can
0: just go up there. I've got nothing else to do. No. So I went and bought the ticket, and a few of you who were listening at the live events, you know, I was talking about how I got the the ticket on sale, so I did it. And then just the other day, I was actually thinking, you know what? I'm I'm not going, can't do it. It's just actually a waste of money for me just to go up back to the States because I'm already going up there for a, a podcast conference. So, I logged yeah. on to my Qantas, John, you'll be proud. Click cancel ticket. I refunded me the whole money. Wow. So, wow. I'm going to stay in Australia and work. Wow.
2: That is big of you. Mm.
0: Yeah, because I was just going because I wanted to. Yeah. And what I'm getting at is I keep saying this, just because I host a freaking money podcast doesn't mean I'm above any of this crap, mm. right? Like,
2: mm.
0: I. We know. this we is are. real, folks. This is real. So, it's almost <laughs> like... I use the thousands of people to help keep me accountable, and
2: <laughs> so you can tell those stories.
0: Yeah, yeah that too, I guess. But mm. um, so yeah, I feel good because I just, you know, you know, you do something and you know you shouldn't be doing it, mm. and you got that weird gut feeling and you ignore it, but I'm like, no, nah, not doing it. So thankfully, I don't know if it was the ticket or my status with Qantas or whatever, but yeah, yeah. they let me refund it 100. Yeah, percent So good, So it- you
1: said no to FOMO.
0: I said no to FOMO. Great. And I had FOMO so bad.
1: But now you don't. You've overcome that. I've
2: overcome FOMO. Uh, what, is it because of? Do you think maturity or the, the, this podcast help you through these times? <laughs> yeah, I just think it's that.
0: Uh, what do you do on leading the witness are you? <laughs> No, I just think it's that. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, no,
2: um, and I was good just
0: going point. because I have all the time in the world, mm. and I've got the money to do it. But it was to no real benefit. Yeah. like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Because then I'm thinking, like, so I was going to go to Nashville and watch Ben judge the Golden Bean Coffee Championships and all that and just float around and then go to LA for a while. I'm just thinking, by the time I get Airbnbs, because I booked a, like, a five-week ticket, I was out of here. <laughs> and I'm like, that's just going to be thousands of dollars just you wasted. You
2: crappy coffee over that way too. No, it?
0: no, no, no. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah, there's a real coffee culture happening in the States. All oh. right. And uh, it's actually hard to come back to Australia to get used to espresso-based long blacks when mm. I basically have filter coffee out there all the time. All right. So, yeah, it is mm. real, John. Yes, it is yes, realness. Yes. So, thanks, Shell, for <laughs> popping in.
1: Great. It's great to hang out. I'm glad to be uh, doing this podcast for the first time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, no, nah, I'm telling everyone. <laughs> it seems that I've seen
0: you before. I'm
1: telling
2: everyone. I've seen you in another world.
1: Confessions of a first time podcaster.
2: <laughs> yeah. We
0: actually this is the second time we've recorded this. We all <laughs> take two. We all weren't happy with the first version. <laughs> is that polite yeah. of me? Yeah, Text- yeah that's technical great. glitch. Tec- technical glitch. <laughs> technical yeah, glitch Yeah, that's right. Ed- it's ed- a, ed- editing issue. Yeah. yeah. Editing issue. But anyway.
1: <laughs> so, here we are.
0: So, here we are. Mm. And thank you, Shell, for giving us your time and expertise. So, I guess. And also, I'm not a light. So, without further adieu, What is it? Without further ado or further ado? Further ado. Is it? Yeah. What does that mean? I don't
2: know. Without it. Ado-
0: mm.
1: well,
0: Without delay, let's get straight (laughs) into it. rock and roll. So, without delay, let's get... (laughs) 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 That's all right. Just trying to edit a podcast on the fly over here. Okay. Shelley, you work in human resources, or as we call it on the street, HR. Can you tell us... A little bit about yourself
1: yes so um, I've worked in HR for about 10 years primarily in the not-for-profit sector and it's a pretty fun gig I would say you see the best and worst in organizations and in people and um, I think as part of the role I've loved actually seeing how different people approach the conversation around pay so I've seen lots of uh, different staff ask for a pay rise and some have done it really um, well and effectively and then others have done it um, not so well. And so, from those learnings, um, I think it's a great opportunity for us to talk about what does a good pay conversation look like and how do you actually go about asking for a pay rise? So, I'm keen that we're here today talking about that.
0: Yeah. And are you, should, do you want to just elaborate that you're a, a mum of a bub and you've? Just touch on that as well.
1: Yeah, so um, I have a little girl, Sunny. She's nearly two in a couple of weeks.
2: Wow, that went fast.
1: I know. It goes. Time
2: flies. It does. Mm.
1: It goes fast. And so uh, work full time, mum full time. So you know what it's like, crazy times. Well, mm. actually, do you know no. what it's <laughs> like? <laughs> no.
2: actually a wouldn't have time. a clue. He <laughs> no. references third party. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: But there I'm sure go, there's many, many, many people listening. That's right. You know mm. what it's like. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. The, so the hustle's real for you, Shel. Yeah.
1: No, it's it's good. I enjoy it. It's lots of fun and it feels crazy sometimes, but all good.
0: Yeah. Mm. You say hi. They say Yo. Hey, yo, hi, hi, yo, ho. Oh. Um,
1: <laughs> Is and that then, how it goes? And then, yeah. you
0: <laughs> and, then <we're, laughs> and then we're running out of time.
1: <laughs> so, it goes no, no, really no. well.
0: <laughs> so, you say... Um, hi, Glenn. Hi, uh, hey Shell. How are you?
1: Good, thanks. Hey, I was You
0: working hard or hardly working over there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Both. Yeah, nice. I just wanted the opportunity to talk to you um, about my role and I would love um, to kind of unpack... Oh, sorry. Can I start yeah. again? Yeah. Thanks. Hi, Glenn. Hey. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is much harder when you're doing it. <laughs> okay. All right. We can have this blue for real at yeah. the end of it. <laughs> this is how easy it is to talk about pay. It yeah, isn't. It's terrible. No, exactly. Hi Glenn.
0: Hey Shell, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. Hey, I was just How's all-
0: the plumbing parts <laughs> department? <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
1: Okay. The plumbing department? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't
0: know. No, well, I'm the manager. You're a worker. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming to me for money.
1: Let's start again.
0: Right. But I need to- If you want to um, roll this, what do they call it? Like a- um, What are
1: they? Role, play. role player. Role play. yeah. Oh, do you want a role player? Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But why are you saying the plumbing department? Well,
0: because you're a worker and it's real world and you're a plumber fitter thing. Oh, that's nah. going to be confusing. Okay. That one. Yeah, no worries. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> I think how are you's fine. Okay. I think that's what you said. Hey, Cheryl, right. how are you? I'm good. I need more money. <laughs> you jerk. I ain't working for you. <laughs> All okay, right. Seriously. Sorry. Hi Glenn.
0: Hey Shell. Sharkies had a good win on the weekend, oh, didn't they?
1: Do, they absolutely <laughs> did. Because I'd love to hear your perspective as well.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Look, I'll uh, I'll get David, my PA, to shoot you an invite and we'll lock that in for next Thursday. Look, please, if you don't if I forget between here and the office, follow me up if you don't get an invite this afternoon.
1: I will. Thank you so much.
0: Look, it is my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. All right. So that was the... Yeah.
3: We're old though. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus...